0: you're listening to Insert Quest Here. My name is Ray. Uh, My pronouns are he, him. And today's quest is As I Imagine the Falling Rain. Uh, This is another episode of Solo, uh, where we play through a single-player RPG. Um, This one is another short one. Um, It's in a kind of interesting format. So, it's really sparse. Uh, the, it's got pretty basic text font, nothing particularly captivating there. But what's interesting is that the game is printed in... The game is, pr- is set up rather, not printed because it's a PDF, but the game is laid out on like this sort of beige background with a kind of sandy orangey brown colored text. So that was immediately like caught my attention. Obviously also the long, the long name of it, although in the PDF file path, it's just labeled as falling rain, which is, uh, I, I mean, caught my eye. Um, and when I opened it up to look at it, um, because obviously we're pulling from the Emotional Maker Game Jam, so they're all in these big folders. I was just opening opening them up and going through each one in order and looking at them. Um, it kind of starts with a poem. Uh, it says that the game is by Soup, at Literal Soup, on Twitter, I assume. Um, yeah, and it kind of looks sparse. There's very few mechanics. It's mostly just a game about answering questions. Uh, so as far as I can tell, um, because I tried not to read everything because a lot of these games are very simple. So um, there's no real list of materials needed or anything like that. I think it's primarily like a think this to yourself kind of game. Uh, and and I wanted to look at it today um, for A bunch of reasons. Um, One was I'm really interested in doing a bunch of more small content so it kind of fitted with fit in with that but also um, I've been really busy getting ready for conventions and things so I didn't have a huge amount of time but I still wanted to make something for all of you so I picked out this one. Uh, So I guess we kind of just are gonna read through it and respond to it as we go. Um, so as I said, it starts with... Interestingly, the title is not in capitals, but yes. So, as I imagine the falling rain. Against the falling rain, you and I danced. Together we danced, together we fell. You and I fell, but only I survived. When I wake, I try to recall and fill in my memories, as far as I can manage. There are scratches on my hull. How did they get there? Now, it doesn't tell me specifically to answer these questions. Like I said, I'm reading the text out. This is a very bare bones game. So I'm going to assume that if you were playing this at, so I'm sort of just going to talk about what this provokes in me as I read it. So as I read that question, like in my head, I can sort of see almost a bunch of different things. Um kind of half-formed ideas of what that looks like, but the one that kind of comes to the, the the one that kind of solidifies strongest is this large robot with one eye, because I've been watching Gundam reviews, Gundam building reviews this morning with Sakus. So I can picture this one-eyed robot sort of running its hand over a damaged arm, and sort of feeling at it. How did they get there though, is the question. At first I thought heat, but now I'm like, what if it was crushed? Like something grabbing at the arm and digging into it. Hmm. I'm missing some parts. What are they? Huh. So again, first that came to my mind was a bunch of weapons being scattered That then sort of gave way to the idea of the mech sitting there in a forest, but in like a, uh, I think the word might be a grotto, but a small body of water with like a bit of a hill behind them that sort of disappears into this jungle or this forest. I think they're sitting there in the water and the legs sort of end halfway down the shin as they're sitting there in the water. These damaged, broken, torn up shins. Well, legs. Legs, I suppose. You damaged my core. How? Interesting that sort of like pulls to mind uh, 2001 Space Odyssey with with um, the human pulling the cores out, the cores, the memory banks, the brain parts of Hal in that huge room, pulling those sections of him out and sort of shutting down Hal bit by bit. But what if it was something else? Originally I was envisioning the normal thing of like pilot and mech, but now I'm envisioning a world where the robots are self, determined rather than piloted. I'm kind of picturing two mechs that had some kind of bond to one another. Maybe being driven apart by something damaged my core. How? I think that whoever this other person is that damaged them, me, did it with words. I think they said something that hurt Oh no, there are pilots. Because the next line is, I visited the place where I buried my pilot. Who was she? Visit the place where I buried my pilot. Well, now I'm imagining, because I'm not one to retcon, now I'm imagining that the pilot died before this confrontation. And I think maybe they don't visit it physically. I think it's unclear whether this is like a spiritual remembering or playing back of a memory or somehow connecting remotely through satellites, but I think we can sort of see a pile of rocks in an arctic tundra, Uh, like like a can, I think it's called. I think there's like a pilot's helmet on top of it. I come across your body as I imagine the falling rain. How did our dance go again? I think that we can see this mech with no legs. Well, damaged legs. Pulling themselves across this pond. Which maybe gives way to a stream. And on the edge, there's another machine. It's like... It looks more damaged yet more designed with aesthetics in mind. It's less of a purely military machine. It's a pretty thing. I mean similar to what I said earlier, right? It's a contrast. I'm like imagining sort of a Zaku, a sort of rugged, purely utilitarian military thing and then This other thing is like a propaganda machine, like a Gundam. It's designed to look pretty. I think the two are sort of, yeah, I think crawling towards that one. Maybe its limbs are more intact, but I think that there's a hole through the middle of it. I think that it was a mid-range fight that very quickly gave way to up close tight quarters fighting and revealing things about each other emotionally, joining together, talking about how there is time that it doesn't have to keep pushing into aggression. (coughs) And I think there's something that breaks, something that the other machine says that pushes me back or my machine back. This machine that I'm being asked to be. And then I think, I think, This is feeling really clear. I can picture like a glowing kind of energistic hand reaching into the other machine's torso as it tries to like bring some kind of dagger into the side of my machine. I think that's how it ended. Sort of in... I'm picturing them falling from space, but maybe not that high up, but maybe that high up. And then falling close and landing close to one another. I say goodbye and record once more. Hmm. That's not phrased as a question, it's just sort of a statement. The record once more part is interesting. I think, yeah, I think that we see this mono-eyed mech with a partially crushed arm and missing its lower legs sort of collapse onto the ground on its back and brush one of the limbs of the other machine in kind of this tender passing moment and then i think maybe there's something that indicates a transmission as they write their ai memories to some off-site backup and then the machine goes dead and all we can hear is the sounds of the jungle, insects, and slowly flowing water. Hmm. It's. It's kind of an interesting little thing. Um. It's hard to know what the intent of the game is or even how to play it, which is kind of interesting. It's got no almost no, there is no delineation between setting text or evocative text and mechanical text or technical text or guiding text or anything like that. It's all kind of together, it's written in this poetic format, it doesn't give really any kind of guidance, it's mostly just trying to prompt you into having thoughts. There's, I think that, I think that for a lot of people that are perhaps not as open about what they consider a game, this might not even look like a game to them. I can see that it is, it is game, it is a game to me, but it's a game in the way that like, in the, in the way that like walking home from somewhere and pretending that you're walking through an ancient ruins is a game, right? You're, there's no real mechanic at play. Um, it's very light on the game part, but it is still a game. Um, it doesn't have clearly defined rules. It's, it's making pretend at the very least. Um, I like that it's written in a poetic form. I think that it's a really interesting choice to go bare bones, whether that was a conscious choice or not. But, like, it's interesting to provide almost no sort of inclination of what is intended and to kind of push you to find the game in it. Um, I kind of like it. Um, I think... I think this could be developed into something a bit more robust um but then it would be a different thing but i like it as an interesting uh sort of point so it kind of reminds me in terms of design space even though they're not the same at all um it reminds me of the kind of design space that Rosha my business card RPG, business card LARP sits in, right? This is more an art piece than it is a game. It is a game and it has a whole bunch of features of a game. Um, and it, and it is playable, but more so than that, it is an experimental work of art that you are asked to collaborate in uh, and even then, not explicitly asked. Um, it is, it is an interesting piece of art and it's an interesting poem. Um, I think it could be a bit better written in terms of a poem, but that's just down to, well, no, it's well written. It's more down to my preference. I would like it to be slightly more evocative. um, I say goodbye and record once more is actually probably the strongest line for me because, and record once more doesn't mean anything. Like there's, those are words, they have meaning, but that string together is really hard to deduce what it means. And I think that is actually really good. For some reason that really speaks to me because you have to interpret it. I think that's perhaps the most interesting part about this as a game is that you are being forced to actively interpret this. Um, There is no right... there is no definitive according to author... authorial? Authorial voice. There is no definitive... uh, there's no definitive reading, right? I mean, there might be because I haven't looked up the artist yet. But looking at this document in isolation, I know it's a game because it's in a bundle of games. So context tells me that it's meant to be playable. But other than that, it's just a bunch of poetry with questions in it. This could very easily be rhetorical. If I wasn't So, this is interesting in that the way we categorize things gives you extra information. A really good example of this is the uh, single word RPG, which I think is called Worm or Worms. Um, Possibly, I think it's called Worm. It's a single page RPG. It's a huge pamphlet that unfolds with a tiny little italicized word in the middle of it. And that word is writhe. So, that's how you pretend to be a worm. That's how you engage. But... If you didn't, it's, it's called a single word RPG because the mechanical text, the text within the game is only that single word. But it's not a single word RPG because the title also informs you of what it is. The fact that it has a description on its like web page and stuff tells you about what it is. If it wasn't being sold as a single word RPG, I wouldn't know that it was an RPG. I would just know that it is a pamphlet called Worm with the word "rive" inside of it. So the way we categorize things creates more information about what they are. The fact that this is sold as, a, as an RPG means, well sold, the fact that this is presented to me as an RPG means that I know it is meant to be an RPG. I am meant to be able to play this. But if this was just you could put this in a poetry collection and I would assume these questions are rhetorical. Um, That they are meant to be emotionally evocative but not actually answered by me. But But the classification of this as a game means that I am I assume that I am meant to respond to these lines. Um, so that is a particularly interesting thing. I kind of like this. I like this as a thought-provoking thing, and I think that's why this episode is actually going to be really worthwhile to listen to, because that's kind of a fun little... Well, fun. That's kind of a really interesting discussion that we've just had. But, yeah, that is... That is bare bones. Like, bare bones. There is so little to latch onto in that. And so every little thing makes, every little choice that they've put into the game is that much more important. Um, I don't know. Again, I am reading this without knowing anything about the original design process, which I think is how it should be read. Definitely the first time. It'd be interesting to revisit this later. I'd be kind of interested in having a, maybe a micro interview with the designer of it. Talking them a bit about what they thought going in, but um, I definitely would like to explore this theme actually a little bit, this kind of design space a bit more. This this thing of games that are only games because you describe them to people <laughs> as games, um, which is not to say that this isn't a game. To be clear, this is a game because it has been categorized by its creator as a game, and for me that is how art should be labeled. It is art and it is a game, Um, but it is, like I said before, it would not be obvious that it was a game if you didn't tell me that. And I wonder, and this is kind of a open-ended, I don't really know the the answer to this question. I wonder how much of that is true. How much of the categories we ascribe to our games actually... Creates the experiences that we want in them more not necessarily more so than than the mechanics as we describe them But perhaps equal to so how much is the way you choose to Subcategorize your game into a genre or whatever. How much does that? inform and create the game even before you have the mechanics or even after. Like something that I've talked about before a long time ago when we still did Crusading Couch is how telling the players that a game is a horror game changes their expectations and will change the way they'll react to problems. Telling them that, oh, we're playing a horror RPG, their responses fall to be more in line with the genre. When, it, when they know that it's a horror game, they are going to be expecting things to be either difficult or, like, there, there are going to be things that cannot be overcome, and there are going to be things that are confronting, and there are going to be things that are meant to be, from the character's p- perspective, scary, and how just telling them it's a horror game is going to shift a bunch of player behavior. Um, assuming that they want to engage in the horror aspect of it. But I've talked before about that and how important that shift is. So I think maybe this is another exploration of that. Um, yeah, I actually thought that this was going to be a super short recording, but it is like almost 30 minutes. Um, yeah, if you like this game, it is called, uh, As I Imagine the Falling Rain or possibly Falling Rain. Uh, it is by Literal Soup. Um, and that is all of the information I have it. It was created as part of the Emotional Mecha Game Jam. Um, it is listed in the single player section. Um, it is a poetic RPG. I kind of like it. I would really like to see this made into a zine actually, even a micro zine with like each, each of those questions maybe on their own page could be interesting. Um, do a lot of art for it. Although actually art would then inform you. So perhaps that's a bad idea or perhaps it's a good idea. But yeah, I think it would be really interesting, um, format. You could present it as a zine, um, or like a single page poster. I think this could, a single page poster, a single page like thing. It's interesting that it is left aligned. I think it would be better if it was, um, if it was center aligned. Uh, this is just talking about layout stuff now though. So that's perhaps a little less, uh, important. You know what? I thought this was a four, but it actually might not be a four. It might be another weird format because I almost feel like the page is a little bit wider than it, sh- than an a four would be. I don't know though. It's definitely an interesting, um, game and I really enjoyed it. I don't know. Ta- I want you to go and play it uh, grab yourself a copy uh, of As I Imagine the Falling Rain uh, and play it through and tell me what you thought of it. It's it's a weird little thing. I kind of like it. I like it in a very different way to the way I liked my favorite pilot, to be clear. Like, this is a very different design feeling and also a very different game feeling. Um, I do think this is conceptually really good. I think there is, like, some parts of the poetry that could be better, but I can't tell if that's just preference or... I can't tell if that's just my preference and how I feel about poetry, or if it's actually something to do with the writing quality. Um, either way, I think it's good. Um, and I think, I think that it could be refined into something even better. Um, I think it is worth playing, to be clear. Yeah. I don't know. Tell, you could play it and tell me what you thought. Um, but for now, <laughs> farewell from the past. I'm Ray.